Burn up, burn up. Today's episode of the Natural Habitat Podcast is brought to you by the memory of Puffer Shades. Where did they go? Where the fuck did Puffer Shades go? We Look, thought they had our backs. First of all, this is what they are. They're polarized sunglasses that you put on your face and they cover up your red eyes. So nobody can tell you hi. But second, they're gone. Gone. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck happened, but the website's down, the Instagram's down, the email is uh, no longer accepting emails, their Twitter's gone, Puffer Shades is gone. You look like you wanted to say something, but I think that you're just surprised and hurt because... You know why? Why? Because heroes get remembered, but legends never die. That's true. And also, trouble is temporary, but stories are forever. So, that's why Puffer Shades will always live on in our memory, because Puffer Shades was one of the greatest companies. They brought us laughs, they brought us love, and now they bring us nothing because Puffer Shades is gone. So don't go to puffershades.com today because you won't find anything. If the <laughs> website comes back up, we'll let you know. But until then, our deal with Puffer Shades is donezo because Puffer Shades is Dunson. Dunson. I stole that thing from you. Dunson. You say Dunson, and I was like, I'm going to take that. It re- every time you say you're fucking Dunson, it reminds me of Munson from fucking Kingpin. It's always what comes to mind. Uh, anyway, let's get into this episode. It's Saturday, Saturday matinee. Saturday matinee, bitches. The Sandlot, one of one of the greatest, most feel good movies in the world. So, you ready? Boom. <laughs> What's up, YouTube? How in the fuck it? I got something in my throat right away. Right off the bat. Yeah. Right out the gate with fucking throat difficulties. My bad. You're killing me, Smalls. Mm -hmm. Oh. Oh. Oh, I see what you did there. That's from today's film. Yeah. Wow. That was some sneaky shit. Welcome to the Natural Habitat Podcast, everybody. My name is Mikey Booyah. My name is Benny the Jet. Rodriguez. Yeah, and I don't know how many times I've heard somebody say, "You're killing me, Smalls," and right. not reference the Sandlot movie. I or mean, at it least is know that that is where that came from. Yeah, they just say it. Yeah, and it's like uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of older cats, a lot of older people say that shit, even though this movie is from like it's from '93, right? Something I think so. Like yeah, '93. And uh, shit, Jay. Let me just get a holy shit, Jay. Holy shit, Jay. Right? Yeah. Fucking crazy. Yep. And it stars one of my one of my favorite child actors, a forgotten um child actor, and that is Patrick Renna, who is the big orange kid that is in all the movies in the nineties. He was in the Big Green. He was in uh this movie. 
he was in something else and now he lives in my apartment complex and nice. I, I always see him waiting for the bus really yeah it's uh it's totally him 100 percent. so um yeah. if you want to see if he wants to come on the show yeah if you want to come to california to apartments then um in california that really narrows it down <laughs> then, then you could see him too yeah totally <laughs> fuck yeah but uh this is i i love movies like this we talk about them a lot they they often make their way into the list um these like these feel good fucking like uh it it kind of like uh it shows the greatest parts of being a kid you know what i mean yeah because everybody's had these moments where you you meet up with this group of people you guys like for whatever reason start hanging out do something that's actually productive in your childhoods instead of just you know smoking weed under a bridge somewhere and yeah, uh, i think all these really stem from like <clears throat> some people's personal experiences and stuff too you know like um like some of the stories is like people just looking back and drawing from their own childhoods and stuff and you gotta think before pre-internet and stuff like that kids childhood were way different you know what i'm saying like everybody was outside the house your parents would lock you out all day say go you know what i'm saying go play get the fuck out of here you know what i'm saying because they don't want to be bugged or whatever they didn't have no way to get the kids out of their ass yeah so it's like i don't know it, it was a different time so i'm um trying to uh, imagine this time setting was probably very similar you know at the time that this takes place was what like the 60s or the 50s or something what what was it <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think so. What is, what's going on over there? Is there some sort of homeless man in the corner? I don't know. Some homeless guy? Yeah. If that's the, I, I, if that's who I think it is, that's Coldfinger, right? And he's waiting to, uh, wait, waiting to record this episode of this new show we got coming out? Yeah. You need to tell him to take his throat outside or <laughs> shove a cock in there or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh. We smoke, we smoke that good loud over here. Make your throat loud when you cough. He he's been working on that on that rosin, huh? Yeah. Oh shit! That's what people don't know about Coldfinger. He was on uh, he was on Guess That theme song recently, and this guy is a rosin tech master. He's and been, he's on fucking fifty million thousand. Yep. And on fifty and million thousand. And he's coming on our new new show. Don't new drop news. it. Don't say nothing. <laughs> on the on the beep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh be before we get into this film, why don't we get into a smoke sesh? I got one of my favorite tracks uh that I always love when it pops up in a movie. And it 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 awesome awesomely enough is in this film. So, let's do that. Jitterbug. <laughs> is that it? No, it is, but it's kind of close. Oh. That's not a bad guess. That's probably on my list. But um, everybody out there, if you'd like to smoke with us, now is the time to flick your bicks, snap your pics, and hashtag them NHP Smoke Sesh. We can all smoke together. In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. 
The tokens. That was the tokens with the lion <laughs> sleeps tonight. Hey. How you feel about that song? Are you a fan of it? I feel like Tarzan. Sorry, man. I don't. I don't mean to. I don't mean to have dead air or anything. But my phone's been like blowing up. Yeah, my shit is too. Yeah, it's like I turn it on silent, but it just keeps fucking ringing and buzzing and shit. Hold on. I'm sorry. We'll edit this out. My bad. So I got about 15 text messages telling me that we should review The Sandlot on Saturday matinee. It's like, we're doing this already. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, uh, yeah, what a coincidence. Yeah, maybe it's like, uh, it's, it's like that aligned thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's that called? It's not called aligned thinking. But no, like, it's like, uh, I can't remember. Parallel that. thinking is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, and that's probably what it was. We're all thinking about the same thing. And... Uh, you know, we're, we're doing it. So get off our case. I'm turning my phone off. Phone's off. Get out of my face. Um, so, you <laughs> so let's talk about um, let's talk about a couple of the side characters in this film that aren't uh, aren't the main team. All right. We got Dennis Leary, the asshole stepdad. Yeah. Who doesn't want to teach his uh, stepson how to play ball. And when he finally does, I. I, I was watching this movie earlier in, in the theater, as we always do, and um, did you notice that all of his advice every single time was eye on the ball? Yeah. Keep your eye on the ball. And then, he would, then he'd fuck it up, and then he'd be like, eye on the ball. You know what? Just don't look, don't look at anything but the ball. And it's like, okay, dude, that's not working. You know what I mean? And then he hits him in the face and gives him a black eye and then wastes a perfectly good stake. So Dennis Leary is just made out to be an asshole in this film. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, no. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was kind of like, I guess seemed like a dick move, mm -hmm. but not really though, you know what I mean? Like he didn't like, he didn't try to hurt him. He didn't, first he, of all, he didn't want to do it. He threw his ball to him, you know what I mean? Yeah. He took it on the chin because he was too timid, and you know what I mean? That was his character, he was a timid character. He, he, didn't know how to catch either. Remember when he went out to the field and was like, "Yeah." And if it was wasn't like, for, uh, if it wasn't for Benny, yeah, you know, everyone else was making fun of him, talking shit as kids do, right in front of him. And uh, yeah. one one thing that I found out that was dope was that the director had um, Smalls and Benny, the actors that play them, they showed up and rehearsed together weeks before the rest of the kids showed up. Because he wanted to establish like a bond between the two characters. And it worked so good that when the other kids showed up, they thought that they were friends. That they had been friends for years. But they really just were hanging out for the past week. And you could tell that like, that like closeness that they have. You know what I mean? 
and it's almost like a like a big brother kind of you know like when an older kid takes you under his wing and it's like don't fuck with him that's my homie and you're like oh shit like i'm actually hanging out with some people right now and doing normal kid shit you know what i mean so i think it's dope that that he had him do that it's like a good idea you know what i mean so that way they were like always comfortable with each other and uh it like it brings back like we were saying before that time in your childhood where you're being a kid and doing productive shit and not just doing drugs you know whether yeah. it's whether it's playing ball or going to the pool or you know whatever it may be yeah and, and the point was is that kids are gonna do kid shit whether they're smoking weed or not you know like some of us had an more intense childhood than others most 12 and 13 year old kids aren't smoking weed i'm sure yeah you know, like most 10 year old kids definitely aren't you know so that's just me being me saying mm -hmm. some funny shit but in in reality though the truth of it is is that yeah kids are gonna do kid shit you know what i mean and and kids can relate to these kids especially at that age because that's the type of mentality that they had that's the type of, you know, experiences that you would go through. Like a lot of, a lot of kids that lived in like neighborhoods like that would go out and run around the neighborhood together. You know what I mean? And would have these other kids of their age close around and would be able to go out and like go ride bikes yeah. or go play baseball or, or go out during the block party on the 4th of July or, or whatever the scenario is, you know, those are all real things that, that kids could definitely relate to at that age, you know? And then it was it was nostalgic for the parents as well, you know, because parents were having flashbacks of their own childhoods because that just happened to be the setting either after or close to that time frame, you know what I mean? So they can really look at it and have some kind of connection to it as well. So and that and that's where these places are really smart when they mix yeah. You know what I mean? Because you can't just make a kid's movie for kids. You just can't do it. It's got to have something for the parents. Somebody's bringing a kid, too, you know? And, and yeah. the ones and that the, do that, it, like, makes the kids smarter watching it. Mm -hmm. The kids can relate to it. And also, yeah, it was set in the summer of 62. So it had that feel to it, like uh, like that Pleasantville kind of old-timey yeah. poodle skirt, you know, feel. And... uh that's just like that's nostalgic in his own if you even if you didn't grow up in that time you know mm -hmm. i didn't grow up in that time at all but that has like a warm like kind of like a warm feeling to it like it feels like homey you know what i mean yep. not homely like an ugly girl but homey like warm and inviting like a like an ugly girl that's really nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah just like that but uh another character in this film is uh wendy Pe wendy peppercorn all right or whatever the fuck her name is peppercorn peppercorn and she is the lifeguard that squints uh sneaks that sneaks that kiss with when he pretends to drown and it might just be me but it seems like she's like 30 years old like she's like in her 20s at least and these kids are like 12 13 years old and she totally gets a little molesty with Squint. She gets all wavy and <laughs> smiley and shit. And uh, it was like it was like a premonition of you know the hot teacher that molests the kid. In I quotations, guess. but uh, 
I, I feel like it was strange. Like, she was very old, it seemed like. She wasn't just like a, like a 16-year-old girl that had, uh, what's the, what's the le least creepiest way she, to say this? Blossom? Yeah, she, she did <laughs> look older, I guess, to us yeah, when we were younger. Yeah, but, but I mean, watching it today, I saw her walking down the street when they first saw her, and I was like, what you, what's with this lady? And then I was like, okay, <laughs> they're, they're into this hot, older lady. That's normal. And then uh, when she started, like, winking at him, it was a little weird. But you never know. I don't know how old her character was supposed to be. Yeah, me neither. They never really talked about it. So I know more about the dog than I do about Wendy Peppercorn. <laughs> and, uh, that was a cool dog, too. Yeah, that was a cool dog. And uh, I think that the payoff was great when they got over the fence and the dog wasn't even really that big. Yeah. It wasn't even like it was big next to them because they're small kids. But when you looked at the dog running down the street, that was just a normal dog. Like if you saw someone walking that dog, you wouldn't be surprised. So was this a baseball movie? Uh, or was it a story about something else? Uh, I think that it was it was more of a coming of age movie than a than a baseball movie. I mean, it kind of was a baseball movie, but not really. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It wasn't a... I think that baseball was definitely a strong element in the movie, but it was more about, you know, this this kid, Smalls, coming into his own and, you know, getting a... He kind of built up his personality. He was, In the beginning of the movie, he was like... His mom was talking about how every summer he's just inside playing with his fucking Ruth Goldberg machine. And... uh you know, he really didn't have any sort of friends and personality and, you know, things of his own, like his own little quirky shit that he does. He was just a kid that hung out by himself and played with marbles. So, uh, you know, there's that point in everybody's life where you kind of find out what kind of person you're going to be. You know what I mean? If you're going to be the quiet one, if you're going to be the funny one, if you're going to be the douchebag, like everybody's a different kind of person yeah. in a group of friends and... I think that's what it was about, just kind of that point when you go from a child to a teenager and you think you have shit figured out. Or just like a turning point, just like a recognition of like a yeah. turning point when you know like nothing's ever going to be like that again. Mm -hmm. That was the summer. Yeah, one of those last summer kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That's some crazy yeah. shit. And... I watch it and it's just like to be a kid again. You know what I mean? Makes me For feel sure. old. Super nostalgic. Yeah. Make, makes me want to just be a fucking kid playing baseball all summer. Yeah, and that, and that's another thing that was really genius about this movie is the way that they made it really timeless. You know, like they put it in such a way and in such an era that it 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 was forced to feel good like that. You know, just like how um, Cool Runnings was, you know? Like, Cool Runnings, just like, the music, it's a combination of so many things, right? It's like this, it's like that blend, the perfect blend of things, you know? And it's like a story that you get behind that has, like, something about uh, good morals or lesson to learn or something, you know, something, and, and then it's about friendship or whatever. And then there's something behind it driving it, like a reason they brought them all together, like the sport, like the baseball or the fucking the Olympics or whatever it was, you know. So it was like 
one of this those at that time they just really had it together and they figured out this perfect blend of like combination of things yeah it's like a formula exactly yeah. you know and they just really had it down well this is what we need here we go and then they they put it together and blam made made a great one and then i was watching this clip just a little bit ago about the making of it and it was like they were so lucky you know i, I always imagined myself personally watching these movies growing up what it would have been like to have been a part of it or to have been filming it and stuff like that you know not really in depth of like how we kind of like think about it now but as a kid i definitely always wondered yeah what it would have been like to have been there doing it and filming it and it looked like you know it looked like a lot of fun it looked like it looked like how it looked in the movie you know like the chemistry and that but it also looked like they were all learning things and like you know what i mean it wasn't just a job it was like you know you're learning things about yourself you're uh -huh. learning things about the industry and like how everything works and it's like this whole process you know what i mean and when it's something that you care about like that you know like that you have a passion for like we do for music and podcasting and things like that like you know if if them as actors as when they were kids had that type of passion for acting and then that was like there's no way it felt like work like it must have been so exciting every day to wake up and know that you're gonna like you're gonna learn some cool shit you're gonna be on this cool movie yeah. at the time they didn't know that it was gonna be a a cult classic that it turned into or anything you know what i mean they just thought it was going to be this like whatever it was you know nope there's no way to know yeah you know and, and it's like in the same way that they were that they were all kids you know summertime in this neighborhood hanging out growing up together you know fucking they like had a sleepover in the tree house and all this shit you know in that fashion they were doing that initial like pretty much same thing in real life they were all kids. They were all bonded over that they were child actors. Some of them, it was their first movie. Some of them, it was, you know, their third or fourth film. And, you know, they were becoming friends, getting to know each other. And imagine all the times, you know, off camera when they weren't filming, when they were just hanging out in the hotel or whatever. They're doing the same shit that they're doing in the movie, just in a different circumstance. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guarantee at one, one point, they all fucking hung out one night and fucking you know told stories or whatever the fuck just like they did in the sleepover scene because that's what kids do you know what i mean and it's like i wonder how many of them are still in contact with the others you know yeah i know that um patrick renna and uh the guy who played squints just recently did something together i saw like um i saw some like clip on youtube of them they were I want to say commentating like a game or something like that, a baseball game. They were guest commentators. That's cool. Yeah, but uh, because of Sandlot. Yeah, because of the Sandlot. So they got on there and like commentated like an inning of a game or some shit. But I'm not sure. I'm kind of pulling stuff out of my ass right now. I'm just kind of filling up the spaces of what I saw. So it was something like that. That's funny. Don't check these facts at all. Yeah, we don't do that around here. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, man, I know that a lot of these kids grew up and had, like, great careers. And, you know, Patrick Renner, for example, 
He was in a lot of films. He was in The Big Green. He was uh, in Boy Meets World, Home Improvement, X-Files, Boston Legal, and now he lives in my apartment complex. Um, one, of these, one of the kids grew up to be a rapper, uh, and a lot of these kids went to jail. A surprising amount of them went to jail. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Benny the Jet is in jail right now. Um, the kid who played Smalls went to jail for headbutting a cop at the George Bush International Airport. Uh, someone else is in jail for domestic violence and he turned on fans to, oh wait, he turned two fans of the Sandlot to help him with his legal fees, it says. Uh, the kid who played Yeah Yeah. Domestic violence, went to jail and then was like, if you liked me in the Sandlot, please give me $50 so I could bail myself out of jail and kill this bitch like I wanted to. We had a couple other facts about him from the movie. Allegedly. He almost didn't even get in the movie. Really? He was like the last pick, bro. Like he, it says that he was originally read for Bertram. And then he didn't get Bertram. And then he wasn't the first choice for Yaya either. It says that the kid that got cast for Yaya got sick as the movie was scheduled mm-hmm. to start filming. So they called him as a backup. That's probably why he didn't. He just fucking barely got it. It's all bitter from the one movie he barely got. It's like, hey, guys, help me out. One hit wonder. And then the chick who played uh, Wendy, she went on to be in Nixon, Pleasantville. That's weird. I just talked about that. Uh, Never Been Kissed, Sin City, Death Proof, Planet Terror, Scream 4. So she's like in all kinds of shit now. And... uh, I don't know if I could find out how old she is now. See, she looks significantly older than the rest of these kids. So I'm going to say she was 30. They were all 12. And it no. was some sort of molesty, reverse molesty. If she thing. was 30 then, bro, she'd be <laughs> si- <laughs> 60 now. You know all what right. I'm saying? You're right. Not 30, but maybe 21. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Let's look at it. Do you work at a carnival? Are you a guess your age guy? No. Then you don't know. All right. <laughs> I, I could know. Let's see. What's her name? Her name is... Uh, Indie Prefer Porn. Her name is Marley Shelton is her name. And let's see. Right. I'm going to look her up on Jugal right now. It says that she is, she is 42 years old. She was born in 74, and this movie came out in 93. So she was 19. There you go. All right. Well, I guess her character could have been a little younger then. I don't know. <laughs> but still, that's still pretty old. She's still 19. And she kissed that kid. She was a 19-year-old girl that kissed like a 10-year-old squints. And uh, that's child molesting, man. And I'm starting a petition because men's rights are a thing. <laughs> and I stand for men's rights. You're so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can't really argue with that. <laughs> hey, it is what it is, man. Yeah. She, maybe she was a little rapey. I, she, he was supposedly what? All the kids in that movie were what, 12 or 13 or some shit. Yeah, and it is pretty dope that he got to do a movie. It became a classic, <laughs> and he got to kiss that girl. He was a stud, you know what I mean? He's what he's what all the kids wanted to be. He was a legend after that. Mm-hmm. Kiss the girl. 
And in the movie universe, they actually grew up and got married. No. No, yeah, at the end when it does like uh when it does like where are all the what happened yeah. with all the kids when they grew yeah. up? Yeah, yeah, went to military school. Squints uh married Wendy and bought a pharmacy and now they own the pharmacy in town. And then uh Benny plays for the Dodgers. Nice. And then the rest of them all went to jail. Yeah. In the movie universe. <laughs> and he was like, and the rest of the team, and it showed them all, are all in prison. <laughs> and then <laughs> it did that, like, and then it went, <laughs> and, like, the fucking bar Pretty slammed bar in front of their, yeah, yeah, you see it, you know. Hell yeah, I heard it too. It was intense, man. So, yeah. uh, yeah, that's crazy. So, what, he fucking, he snuck that kiss, and that was a classic scene when you think he's dead, and then he, like, opens his eyes, and he's all, like, fucking big old shit-eating grin. Mm-hmm. And then closes his eyes again. And then uh, after he left, he was all like looking at her through the fence. And she waved at him and winked at him. And they said that they were never allowed at the pool again. But every time they walked by, she would look down from her stand and wave at Squints. Yeah. So that's dope, man. He fucking he threw that Mac out and let it like marinate. You know what I mean? Threw it out when he was 12. Let it marinate until he was like 20. And then he hit it like way hard. I bet he hurt her when he finally got the chance to hit it. You know what I yeah, mean? This this movie was so smart. Everything was so intense. You know, like if you think about all the all the different scenes that they did, like the the all the erector set scenes, mm-hmm. trying to retrieve the ball back, all that shit was super intense, super a lot to it, and awesome as part of like the build up to the movie, and then like the dog chasing scene. Mm-hmm. You know, and then him in the drowning scene like that, and um, just the whole the whole dog story, also, you know, with the camp out in the treehouse and like everybody telling the whole story about the dog and like how it used to be the junkyard dog and everything and like yeah, you know, there's so many intense parts to the story. It really just keeps it moving the whole time, and then it leads up to the dog chase, and then the dog like breaking through the movie theater screen and yeah. like trashing everything and the alleys and shit it was it was really fun you know like the whole it, it just kept going everything just kept going kept going kept going it was so much to see in such a short amount of time yeah and you uh know, it really kept your uh really kept your attention span going yeah there was one scene in particular i forget which one it was i wish i could remember but i was like leaning forward and like fucking on the edge of my seat all in suspense waiting to see what was going to happen like I was watching like a fucking like a well done thriller movie yeah. that came out this year. You know what I mean? It was like the exact same feeling. And uh yeah. Even all this time later. Mm-hmm. It still holds it still holds true to like the original feeling that you got when you watched that movie. Cause yeah. a lot of classic movies don't do that. You watch it and you're like, Man, I can't believe I watched this so many times when I was a kid. I didn't have any yes. taste for movies. You know what I mean? Some of them really don't make it. Yeah. This is one of them. So this is in the timeless category for sure. Did you hear about uh, the shot of a lifetime that happened while they were filming this movie? I don't know. So I heard this story. It popped up a little, like a couple places. And what happened was when they're playing baseball at night under the uh, under the fireworks and shit. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where Benny hits a long ball. And it lands on the outfield and rolls right up to the lens of the camera. So they didn't have any CGI 
back then when they made it and or it wasn't like readily available for them to you know just throw it in there and uh which is way better yeah so they had to they had to set it up <clears throat> to where they put the camera in the outfield and then they had a pitching machine where they could change the velocity and distance you know what i mean and they were trying to set it up to where they could shoot balls and get one to roll up to the camera and they were like we'll just try this as many times as it takes they turn it on shoot the ball to check the distance and it fucking rolls right up to the camera very first shot the camera was recording and they got it like the solid shot it was one in 10 million or some shit like that the odds of them getting it that's crazy yeah and that like it put the crew in this like crazy it gave them like crazy fire you know what i mean like this energy yeah, that they were like fuck yeah and they were all stoked and they loved the footage and then it kind of drove them throughout the rest of the movie yeah that's awesome yeah so that's uh that's like a dope behind the scenes from the prop master he was uh he was interviewed terry haskell was a prop master that's and, crazy man mm -hmm, that's some gangster shit dude so yeah that's an awesome story for shit to it would have been better if Benny would have hit the ball, but... Right? <laughs> but... Damn it. What are you going to do? <laughs> Just ruin it for everybody. Now nobody believes Benny anymore. Hold on. That's what Check it out. What we're going to do is... What we're going to do is we're going to go back and we're going to take that part out when I say about the pitching machine. And I'm going to put this part in. All right? So what happened was they set up the camera and then Benny, <laughs> Benny hits the ball. The first time, they're like, we're just going to hit it and see what happens, see how many times we can you know, do it until it hits it. He hits the ball, and it rolls right in front of the camera first time. No way. Yeah. All right, now I'm going to splice that into there, and then we'll come back to here. After what we were just talking about ends, I'm going to cut this out, and then we'll start <laughs> again, and then we'll start again right now. You're killing me, Smalls. Killing me, Smalls. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Yeah, man. I think that, like we said, this movie definitely holds true. It's like, it's one of the best feel-good movies out there. You know what I mean? We love those coming-of-age feel-good movies. Yeah, and one of the best soundtracks to a movie, too. Yeah, the soundtrack you was know, gangster. A lot, of good, a lot of good songs in this. A lot of good... Um, and, and that's another thing that, that makes it stand out in your memory so much, is the soundtrack was important. It wasn't so much um, original scoring. I mean, like, there was some, you know what I mean? But not a lot. But the songs that they chose were the right songs, I guess. You know what I mean? They, they chose a lot of good songs. And it really, like, you're, you remember, you hear those songs now, and you, like, think back to the Sandlot for some reason. You know, you remember mm -hmm. those scenes. You know, what else is dope that I just found out is that... uh the Vincent drugstore that you could see when Smalls first goes to the Sandlot yeah. was used five years earlier in Halloween 4. Nice. And uh, when Rachel and her friend take Jamie to pick out a costume. And it was also used the next year in Halloween 5. So that's like a, that's like a reoccurring area. You know what I mean? That's dope. Especially for that feel-good movie to be linked in with the Halloween universe. You know what I'm right? saying? Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's that's a good uh, good connection. So you got a you got a song from that soundtrack queued up? Yep. Lay it on us, man. I got a dab ready. Everybody it's out there, in. feel free to smoke with us. We're we're creating the world's largest smoke session. <laughs> 
with this show currently. So go ahead and light up with us. If you're a new listener, this is where we get high. So pause it, go duck away somewhere, and light up. Hit that music. I don't think I don't think this episode would be complete if uh if we didn't have our own baseball names. You know what I mean? Everybody's got you know, there's Squints, Benny the Jet, there's Smalls, uh let's see, we got Ham. There was another one and some other guys. So I think it's only right that we create some sort of baseball names for each other. And I think that the way nicknames go is someone else has to make it for you. You know what I mean? So I figure I'll make yours and you make mine. <laughs> so that way it's it's along with tradition. You know what I'm saying? All right. So I got yours. I already know it. Are you ready? Yep. Your baseball name is from now on and until all eternity, <laughs> Ruth Goldberg. <laughs> All right. There it is. Ruth Goldberg. Yeah, that's going to be real easy to chant out on the field. Yeah, right? Ruth Goldberg. 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 You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, if you want to do it like that. Okay, yeah. Ruth, Ruth Goldberg. You got one for me? Yeah. All right. What is Are it? Are you ready? I'm ready. It's dugout. <laughs> dug out. Dug out. I like it. And it's just dug out. Last name out. Yeah. Dug out. Dug out. Dug out and Ruth Goldberg. So um if any major league teams it's out efficient. there have uh any contracts they would like to send over with Especially uh, any Jewish teams with the name like Ruth Goldberg. <laughs> sign me up. Ruth Goldberg, sign me up. How's it tough? What do you think is uh, the number one Jewish uh, baseball team in the in the Yankees. in the major leagues? The New York Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. All day. I'm gonna say the Pennsylvania Penny Pinchers. <laughs> it's not a real thing, though. Oh, I don't really know sports. I'm just making stuff up at this point. Uh, All right. Well, uh, I nice, feel nice. I feel good that about. Must be nice to be like, oh yeah, I don't follow sports, so I can just make some shit up. <laughs> yeah. What a fucking guy. <laughs> what? What's that supposed to mean? I mean, like, you know, I don't have that luxury because I know all the sports. And you have to, like, you have to keep track of everything? Yeah, so, like, if somebody asks me a question like that, I'm not going to be like, 
quick to make up my own. <laughs> you have to you actually think of an answer? Yeah, I would probably think of a fucking... Because it, it matters to you? No, it doesn't. But I'm just like trained, you know what I yeah. mean? I'm trained, conformed, I guess. If yeah. somebody would ask me a question about a sport team, I probably would have named a real team like I just did because I'm a fucking robot. Because <laughs> I'm a god. You're, you're that robot from the Super Bowl that comes <laughs> out and like spikes the ball? Yeah, what... There's a social experiment for you right there. What? I just showed I'm a robot. I'm a robot. Formed and trained by society. Mm-hmm. Like, we kind of all are. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it seems so nice to, like, to live off the grid. And imagine if we just had, like, a big piece of land and, like, solar power. It was big Make enough. Make our own fucking sandlot. Yeah. It was big enough to where, uh, to where, like, a river was running through it. And there was like animals, you know, like deer and elk and shit running around that we could kill and eat. And uh, if we had solar power, had some power, had laptops, could still record podcasts. And if uh, if Elon Musk makes that worldwide Wi-Fi, then we can just fucking upload them from off the grid. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it'd be so dope to just not worry about you know, TV, the news, the media, not have to worry about, uh, you know, whatever the fuck we were just talking. Oh, yeah, sports and being programmed about all these things. And we could just go back to what we really need to do, which is survive. You know what I mean? Shelter, food, water, enjoy life. And if you could do that with a little mix of the luxuries that we have now, you know what I mean? Like still being able to record podcasts, still being able to like have video games. Still being like able to build a sandlot. <clears throat> still being able to build a sandlot. You're good at keeping it on track. And, you know, not going all the way caveman, yeah. but somewhere in between. It's like uh, Doug Stanhope has his fucking compound in Bisbee, Arizona, that he gives out the address to all the time and just invites people over. Just any crazy bastard can go there. And it's like a big chunk of land that he lives on. And he's like off the grid. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to kill Doug Stanhope and take his fucking, uh, take his compound. No. Anybody that wants to help us with you that? Keep it. I don't want to live out there. Yeah, it sounds horrible. I want to I do what he's doing right here. I want to have the opportunity or the choice at least. You right. Know? Like, why not? Mm-hmm. All we need. I want to build, build my own sandlot within a sandlot. That'd be sick. Like a sandlot and then a little sandlot inside of it for like the kids to play at? Yeah. <laughs> or is it going to be one giant sandlot with a regular baseball regulation size, a small sandlot inside of it? Yeah. Like that? Yep. I like it. So that way when, when Planet X comes and the fucking the aliens come and jump over, the giants, they have a you big can, diamond to play on? You can transform from sandlot to super sandlot. Super sandlot. You know, that reminds me, for some reason, uh, <laughs> China died. You heard about that, right? Yeah. And then Prince died, and now nobody cares that China died. But when I found out that China died, I, like, went to her page to go see if it was real because it was, like, a post from her Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And I go to her page, and apparently she had been battling, like, anxiety and depression and stuff like that. And... uh Recently, within the past couple of weeks, she had been uploading a bunch of videos of her like reenacting movie scenes. Like she reenacted the shower scene in Psycho. 
and he used like ketchup all over the wall and was just like screaming. And she got a black eye at one point, like a few weeks ago, and people were asking about it, and then she didn't answer. And then someone asked about it, and she was like, that healed, this video's from a week ago, my eye's better now. And then she started uploading more pictures and videos, and her eye was still black. And it was just like, what the fuck's going on? And then like, all of a sudden, she just, boom, dead. And all of these videos of her like losing it are still up on her Facebook page for some reason. Like her publicist should have taken them off or whoever's in charge of it now. Cause she was obviously not in her right state of mind when she made them, you know? And yeah, it's crazy, I don't, man. I don't know how that stuff it's, works. It's sad, dude, because I was all about China. Like when I was a kid, when I was into wrestling, China was like in her prime. She was dope. She was in a bunch of movies and TV shows that I watched. And, uh, you know, much love to China, the forgotten celebrity death of this week. Yeah, and the prince too. The prince was big. Yeah, prince was dope. He was he was a good dude, and um, touched the world in a lot of ways. You know. Yeah. So shout out to them. Mm hmm. Uh, actually, uh, Evelyn, Evelyn uh, Marita, she posted a picture of Prince yesterday, and had like some poem that she had written about him. And it was all like titles of his songs and stuff. Nice. And it was actually like very well written. And I asked her, I was like, did you write this? Or is this like from somewhere? And she was like, yeah, I wrote it. And it was super dope. That's crazy. I, uh, awesome. here, I'm actually going to go find it right now. And we'll fucking, we'll read this shit. We'll read this shit. It says, uh, Bon Voyage, Divine Prince, whose light shines so bright. May the purple rain anoint you on your journey to the light. Little red Corvette will get you there just in time so you can party for eternity like it's 1999. The yeah. doves are crying on this earthly plane, but our hearts are grateful for the gifts that remain. That's dope. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's pretty dope. It's heartfelt, short and sweet. Everything fits. You know what I mean? It's not like, uh, it's not like sporadic rhyming and a bunch of unnecessary words. So it was dope. It like it touched me in a way. So yeah. shout out to her and shout out to Prince. Shout out to China. And shout out to the country, China. No. And shout out to you. Shout out to world. Because it is <laughs> Earth Day. No. It is Earth Day as we record this. Yeah. So hopefully you guys did some shit yesterday for Earth Day and you used the hashtag NHP Earth Day. I think that's what Earth. it is. Earth. <laughs> NHP Earth Day. Earth. Mm hmm. All right. Much love, everybody. Go watch the Sandlot. Earth, bitches. Natural Habitat Recordings.